This episode of Podplay contains adult themes and references to domestic violence. Welcome to Podplay, a Theatre Republic production. In our first episode, a monologue called Helen, written by Eleanor Karapetis and performed by Anna Steen. Each week, we'll hand the microphone over to the playwrights themselves so that they can give us an insight into the writing of the piece. Here is Eleanor to tell us about the writing of her monologue, Helen. Hello, my name's Eleanor Karapetis. I am the writer of this next piece that you're going to hear, which I've titled Helen. It's a, it's a bit from a bigger play, a bigger piece uh, called Helen Back, uh, which is a series of vignettes about female beauty. There's a quote that I found really interesting, which said women are the only exploited group in history to be idealised into powerlessness, and that was from Erica John. And... I'd been thinking a lot about uh, getting older because I have had the privilege to get older recently. (laughs) And um, I saw a documentary about a woman who would stay awake while the surgeons performed surgery on her so that she could tell them exactly what she wanted done to her face. And uh, the documentary sort of unraveled the fact that this obsession that she had with her looks was based on trauma. Um, Yeah, and the pressure to be youthful and beautiful is kind of traumatic. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. But I've really enjoyed uh, rewriting that piece for your ears and I'm so happy that Anastine will be reading the role. I think she's phenomenal. And I'm very grateful to Corey Amanda and Theatre Republic Uh, for this opportunity to have you hear this work. Thanks, everyone. Stay well. All right, and I think she's probably pretty numb by now, Doctor. I reckon she's ready to go. Yes, I'll set that. You can have a close thing. Sure. How are you going, Helen? All good? Okay. I love the theatre. It's a place where magic happens. I go in one way and come out another. Incredible. Where else can I get that kind of experience? The lights turn on, all eyes are glued to me, and I am the star. I can be whoever I want to be, no longer the shrinking violet, crushed under the heel of a kicking boot, bruised, disfigured, and torn. No. In here, I am transformed. I become magnificent. The theatre changed my life. What music are we listening to today? Is that Bach? Thought so. Lovely. This is my eighth time in this particular theatre. Like my second home, isn't it, guys? (laughs) I really love the vibe here, and I always end up being happy with the work done. But you have to make sure you get the right people. You're only as strong as your weakest link and all that. Pull tighter, please. More. A little more. Thank you. 
He's such an artist. At first they didn't want me to stay awake, but it really doesn't bother me. Honestly, I can't feel anything. Thanks to this clever girl, Annie, my anaesthetist. Great job, hun. Completely numb this time. See, this way I can tell them exactly how I want it. Direct them, if you will. The whole time I'm looking in a mirror they've set up above me, watching them work on my face. If they put you under, by the time you wake up, it's too late to tell them you're not happy. I made that mistake once. Never again. It has to match. Symmetry is what makes you beautiful. They did a study of it. I saw it on a documentary once. This side has to match that side. But not too much, because then you don't look natural. Scalpel. Ah, see that move there? That's what sets him apart from the others. He cuts away the excess first, then takes the lower section of the dermis and re-measures it. Then, if he needs to, he'll go back and cut again. Most people are happy with the first version, but he's a perfectionist. Like me. Aren't you? A perfectionist. Ten out of ten. You need a good foundation to build the surface on. Otherwise you can pucker and droop within a few months. I can spot it a mile away. And don't get me started on thread lifts. I mean, honey, if you're going to do it, go the whole way. Don't piss about with some piece of string that can snap if you sneeze too hard. Then your face ends up looking like a pair of undies you've left in the dryer for too long. My nose took about three goes before they got it right. But to be fair, they didn't have much to work with. It was pretty much belted across the other side of my face, mixed up with bits of cheekbone and eye socket. I'm really happy with it though. In profile, I look a bit like Kate Moss, before she had too much coke and ended up with one nostril. My nose guy did her reconstruction. Honestly, what that man can do with a deviated septum is nothing short of miraculous. Oh, you have to really appreciate the handiwork of this man. Look at those stitches. Tiny, identical and perfect. Everyone. Leads to practically no scarring. Thank God I'm not a keloid, hey? Phew. It's true though. Keloid scars are so obvious. They don't lie flat. All the bio oil and vitamin E cream in the world can't fade them. That's why longer hair is good. Camouflage is the evidence around the hairline and behind the ears. But I'm lucky. I can still wear my hair up and away from my face. Not that I care about people knowing I've had work done. I tell people all the time. See this, I say. My face is a phoenix. It was destroyed and then rose back to life, looking better than ever. I've done my boobs, tucked my tummy, lifted my face and tightened my neck. I've resurfaced my skin, Botoxed my face and filled in the lines with plasma drawn from my own blood. I've sucked the fat out of my belly, hips and thighs. I've put implants in my chin and cheeks. My lips have been plumped with two mils of Restylane 
and I think next month I'll put in some more and get my eyelash extensions redone and my nails and my hair. I blame the rabbit. I'm not good at rabbit. Never have been. If you don't do it properly, it comes out stringy and dry. It's so lean, barely any fat on it whatsoever, so when you're preparing it, you need to add liquid and oil, or it ends up... I can do chicken with my eyes closed. 180 degrees, a knob of butter, half a lemon and a garlic clove up its bum, butter between the breast meat and skin to keep it moist, oil, salt and pepper all over, remembering to free the thigh from the body an hour into cooking so it all cooks evenly. Even on a bad day, I can manage chicken. But he knew. He insisted on rabbit. Special occasion, he said. Meeting her for the first time. Our boy's girlfriend. She could be the mother of our grandchildren. Cook the rabbit. But not everyone likes rabbit. Ever notice how... Take the furry skin off a dead rabbit, and it looks so... They walked in and then I wasn't there anymore. I was invisible. All eyes on her. He kept touching her arm, calling her darling. Ordering me around to get her this, get her that. As soon as I put the knife through the first bit of meat, I knew. I pushed my fork in hard and all I felt was the resistance of toughened flesh. Shit. I'm in trouble now. Sorry. Sorry, love. Sorry. I'm not good at rabbit. Give me a plate, sweetheart. No, darling, you don't have to eat that. She's being polite, dear. But really, I insist, give it here. It's going in the bin. There's plenty of other stuff. Salad, sweet potato, bread rolls. I've got some ham in the fridge. It's not as special as rabbit, I know. Sorry. She was really good about it, poor thing. Ate it quietly. Got up to help me clear the table and gave my hand a little squeeze when she said goodnight couldn't wait to get out of there. I could tell from the look she gave me. But just before she left, she turned to him, looked him in the eye, straight as an arrow, and said, You know what? I don't even like rabbit. The look on his face. I loved her for that. I wonder what's happened to her. He really went to town on me that night, said I made him look bad, and that he'd make me pay. And pay. And pay. He's getting out soon. He'll try to find me, finish off what he started. I have been constructing my hiding place 
for ten years. I found the best architects and builders and paid lots of money. But look at the result. Behind this face is me, crouching in the shadows, waiting. This face is the last place he'll look for me. And the beauty of it is, apart from the obvious, that I am now his weakness. First thing he'll do is go to his local. He'll be at his regular spot at the bar. Football on the television, and he'll be holding court, talking shit, eating chips, thinking he's a hero. When he sees me, he won't be able to resist. Hello, I'll say. He'll practically dribble. My tits out, lips wet, ass tight and perfect. He'll think he's charming. He'll think he's finally got the woman he deserved. And the truth is, he has. When I invite him outside into the alley, he won't know what hit him. I will. I will. I will storm the gods and shake the universe. Tighter. Tighter. Wipe it all away. You've been listening to Podplay, a Theatre Republic production. Podplay was recorded on Ghana land and is supported by the Department of Premier and Cabinet through Arts SA. Podplay is directed by Corey McMahon, produced by Amanda Flett, with sound design, composition and editing by James Oborn. <laughs>